As long as we're not making any jokes about COVID, I think we'll be all right. Everybody's dead! Let's do a taste. Hello, remaining listeners! (laughs) If you're just waking up from a coma... Oh, oh boy! (laughs) The latest update, yeah. I've been locked inside, you know. Smell like shit. I haven't washed in fucking weeks and I've just been playing video games non-stop. Yeah, Brandon, the isolation's been pretty hard on all of us. Isolation? What? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, podcast listeners and isolated gamers. Welcome and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Video Game Chat Podcast, a fortnightly podcast talking about games, tech, and other nerdy goodness. I'm Geordie, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. I'm Rob. I'm Gary. I'm Brandon. We hope you enjoy this podcast and please follow us on Twitter at VGC underscore podcast and feel free to tweet us with topic recommendations or questions you have for us to answer. So guys, how have we been doing since the last episode? Oh, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Um, I have had all work drop out from under me and no guaranteed income for the next God knows how many months, but eventually going to get some sort of self-employed thing through HMRC, eventually. So um, we hope. We hope, yes. Yeah. So for, for those, of, uh, those of you who are listening to this potentially in the future, we are currently at time of recording going through uh, quite an unprecedented (laughs) pandemic. So is that for future listeners or whatever species finds this broadcast after, you know... It could could be the species (laughs) after either or. learning our language to find what happened. I was going to say, if people don't know about this already, they'll probably be living under a rock. That's probably the safest (laughs) way to live right now. (laughs) Socially isolated. Yes. (laughs) Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yes, but this is for future listeners if anyone does decide to start uh, five years in advance. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's a- the year is 2020. We have had the worst year for, <laughs> for about six <laughs> months. The worst year for six months. <laughs> yeah. It uh, just doesn't get better, does it? Doesn't. It's, um, it's, it's, it's rough on a lot of people. And... Mm. We're, we're, hopefully we're going to bring a little bit of happiness into it. Yeah, so we started off on a great note for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. But uh, <laughs> I'm feeling we're all isolated, <laughs> and I'm poor. Positive, come on. Well, there is one. There is. Yeah, there are some positives about being isolated, and the fact that we can all enjoy our favourite pastime, which Banking? is staying at home. I mean, yes, you can see plenty of that. <laughs> But also by playing copious amount of video games. Perfect. So what have we all been playing recently in our first couple of weeks of uh, isolation? Well, me and Gary last night for the first time in months picked up Hunt Showdown again. And, oh God, I swear every time we play that again after not playing it for ages, we missed, we we realise how much we've missed it. Yeah, for sure. And we realise like that we are very good at working together in that game as well. Like we, we, we don't win every game, but the ones that we do win are so satisfying. It is a very oh, God, satisfying yes. game to win. It's just a very satisfying game to play in all fairness. Like everything just, everything ties together so well in that from like the sound design and like the like world building and everything. It just all comes together and the gunplay that just ties everything together is just, it's, it's flawless. I genuinely recommend it. You guys, I, yeah, I, I recommend it as well. Um, but uh, 
what I love about it as well is that the devs have continued to support it and there's updates very, very frequently. So there's new guns. Uh, allegedly, there's a new map coming. Is that right, Rob? Yeah, um, that's on the roadmap. Like for the, I think end of the year, they want another map and another boss thrown in as well. So as well as other random cool. enemies and sort of medium tier enemies. That's been pretty fun. Good shit. We've all been, well, not all of us, but Jordy, Rob, and myself have been playing uh, Rocket League. We played some last night as well. Oh, yeah. New season kicked off and we all made it to plat. We're doing all right. We're not, we're not great. We do make a lot of mistakes and that's usually our downfall. But there are some times where our teamwork just is unflinching and we are... Did not help that you were lit last night either. <laughs> and yeah, you were quite drunk, I Gary. was quite drunk, yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, we started on a new season. We hadn't played any of the rounds. So we played 10 rounds last night and we still got plat one. Me and Jordy got plat one. Rob got plat two while I was pretty fucking drunk. So, um, well, not pretty, pretty drunk. I was, I was, I was, uh, you were half cut. I was half cut. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what I need to do for the future. Maybe that's, uh, my yeah. spiral into, um, coping with self isolation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's just uh, point out the uh, massive virtual elephant in the room. <laughs> don't, don't, the room Rude. scale elephant. <laughs> two, yeah, the, yeah, that I keep hitting. Two, two of you have uh, got VR headsets now. Yes, we do. I can't remember whether I, I asked this in the chat before we started recording this. I can't remember when, but I wanted to know whether in one of the earlier episodes I had commented on VR, because I think I might have left slip my usual dig in the past, which is where I said, I'm cynical about it, and I think it's going to be a gimmick that dies you out. You might have done, yep. yes. I'm pretty sure you yeah. have, yeah. And if you haven't, yeah, you have now. There's been a bit of a change there. <laughs> but you, you <laughs> were um, very, I mean, even off uh, podcasts, off airtime, you were very vocal about kind of being a bit cautious about VR, like out, out of all four of us, you were the most hesitant to uh, to, to adopt to go it. for it, and yet you were the first yeah. to adopt it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very quick changeover, and like fundamentally, it was a sense of prejudice in that I had a very set assumption around the quality of VR and like its viability. I always sort of associated it with sort of simpler earlier VR games where it's just like arcadey style, like super hot VR is quite a popular one. And I kind of figured that that's it. That's pretty much all you're going to get out of that platform. But then um, I went to a VR arcade where you could try out a couple of the headsets and um, it very quickly changed my perspective on it. And when I say quickly, I mean, I was pretty much instantly convinced. Um, It is just the most immersive gaming experience I have or ever will have, as far as I'm aware mm. at the moment. That's a bold statement as Certainly well. Touch wood. Yeah, actually, I should I should immediately qualify that and sort of put a wee disclaimer asterisk on that, that Gabe Newell did definitely mention something about brain interfacing. Yeah, nerf gear so if or he, his mad scientist shit gets away, <laughs> we, we may be facing something more immersive. Mm, potentially. I mean, we, we are on the cutting edge of technology and gaming at the moment. Like VR is like a huge step forward. And even though it's been around for, what, five years commercially, maybe, sorry, just not yeah. my mic there. 
um, yeah, it's been around for five years commercially, if not more. Um, I, I was the same with Brendan in that originally the games were kind of like toolkits, like you, you, they were just like test all demo games. sort of based demos. You know, it was like yeah, yeah. Here's and one I, specific thing you can do with VR sort of thing, and we've based a like forty minute game around it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and and I think the the problem with a lot of VR games was the lack of um, depth to them. So, like the story, like you said, would only last like forty minutes, or you'd play it for forty minutes and go, "Okay, I I've got what I needed to get out of this, and I don't really need to get any more from it." Whereas mm-hmm. um, games like Alex, which has just come out, Half Life Alex, is by far one of the best if not the best VR game I have ever played. Um, and I'm sure, uh, I haven't played Boneworks yet and I haven't even finished Half-Life Alex yet, but Brendan, you've, be, you've been playing Boneworks and uh, I, do you want to talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, Boneworks was one of the ones I picked up. I knew there was a bit of hype around it. For, for context, like um, immediately after I tried VR, right, I looked to see where I could get myself an Oculus Rift headset because it's one of the cheaper ones that you can get came in at about 300 quid and that's for the rift s and um when i picked that up i picked up pavlov which is like to put it quite frankly it's a ripoff of counter-strike like it's effectively just a vr port of a lot of counter-strike sort of favorite maps and stuff like that but then boneworks was the one that was being heavily recommended because it was being advertised as like um like expert VR, I think they were t- describing it as. Like on Steam, it says something along the lines of, you know, this game is for people who are experienced with VR. And I was thinking, oh, if this is exploring something cutting edge, I've got to try it out. And it is, um, it falls kind of into the tech demo side of things. Like they try to do a narrative in there, which is all right. It's like there's a bit of effort put into it, but not much. Fundamentally, it really explores physics and being able to climb and things like that and interact with your environment. Very good melee system in it and uh, shooting system as well. And it had sort of, it felt kind of like a Half-Life tech demo thing. That was the easiest way I could describe it. There was like jumping VR headsets in it that acted like head crabs. And there was, of course, a crowbar. And it just kind of felt like it was a weird early effort tech demo for a half-life game which naturally made me love it because i love the half-life series so it was sort of you can see a lot of where it lays the foundations for where things can go because they did things in it so well like the interaction with physics the interaction of objects they need to work on their weighting of objects like you can if you think about a filing cabinet in real life if you walk into a filing cabinet it's going to be pretty sturdy and you're going to get a bruise in Boneworks, if you walk into one, it's going to go flying across the room. <laughs> so there's things like that need worked on, but like they are making a huge amount of progress with that. And you can see some of that reflected in Alex, which I think Valve were sensible enough to try and adopt some progress from. Yeah, I mean, Valve, have, uh, I, I'm sure Valve have been very much inspired by Boneworks. I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure the developers of Boneworks, I think they actually contacted Valve to... Um, I, I assume that they did it to try and make a Half-Life VR game. And Valve probably said, hold up, we're making our own, but you can still release it in the sort of like semi-Half-Life-esque way. So the head crabs, for example, and the crowbar were probably yeah. put in there as an early like, oh, this would be an amazing Half-Life game. And then I assume Valve just went, um, don't do that. We're doing one. <laughs> so, 
there, there was an interesting rumor around this with, um, I'd mentioned him briefly before, with everything gearing up towards Half-Life Alex releasing, I was checking out a YouTube channel by a called, guy called Tyler McVicker, is it? Who runs the Valve News Network. Now, it's just it's a fan account. Like, he literally just, he really gets involved in trying to find out news around Valve-related stuff. And um, he was talking about Boneworks specifically, and his whole angle on it was he saw it as an unreleased Half-Life game. And he had pointed out that apparently Valve has a system where if there's a game released on Steam that they want the staff, the development team, to be aware of, it gets added into their folders. So they just immediately get access to it to try it out. And Boneworks was one of those games. And it's that sort of thing that immediately made me think, kind of seems obvious that Boneworks would influence Alex because it did so much. And if they were working on a VR game, it just made basic sense to use the best elements of Boneworks. And I certainly think it influenced like the continuous motion thing. I think Boneworks did that really well. And I am so glad that Alex uses that as well, because if it was teleporting around the place, I would lose my mind. Yeah. the um, I mean, for, so uh, for me, I find... The continuous motion thing i i can get to a certain couple of hours or so in into playing a vr game mm. with continuous motion before i start feeling a bit like oh okay i i start feeling a bit weak i start feeling a bit nauseous um i can and i can hack it it's just like i start like my face starts getting a bit flushed and i feel like i need to sit down for a bit so like two and a half to three hours of continuous motion for me is like, okay, that's a good amount of time, but I have to put the headset off um, before I continue. And I was talking to Rob about it last night and you were saying that um, you should wait for 20 minutes and then jump back on. Is that right, Rob? Yeah, I read somewhere that rather than going, right, that's it for the night sort of thing and coming back to it the next day, you know, you want to try and take en- enough the break to sort of get over the initial sort of nausea but then get back into it to sort of acclimatize again and you'll slowly build up yeah. that sort of resistance to it yeah because yeah it's I like acclimatizing like yourself to, to like a, a different state of being isn't it like yeah that's exactly it like uh, the thing i want to hammer about it was like because when i was cynical of vr i was viewing it as pretty much a glorified 3d tv mm. like i kept using the 3d comparison where i just thought it would be like if anyone remembers seeing mad max fury road in the cinema yeah it's a fantastic movie but at one point there's that thing where the the steering wheel comes out of the car and just like veers out of the screen for a moment and it's really jarring and gimmicky yep. and like i just kind of saw it as that but this continuous motion thing is exactly like the key aspect of it it is that immersive that your body is confused. Yep. Like I was dropping from heights on Boneworks and my knees were bracing and my feet tingling because they thought they were hitting the ground from a three-story drop. Mm. Yeah, I did. that happened to me and Alex as well. But Rob, Rob did mention that maybe the bracing is actually, out of all of the things that your body does to counteract the, uh, the feeling the of moving when things. you're not moving, the nausea, yeah. Um, apparently, like Rob, Rob was saying that maybe um, bracing for impact is actually one of the more beneficial ones because you ha- you have that grounding. You are your your brain is sort of expecting you to brace. So by you bracing, it f- even if there's no physical impact on your feet, it feels natural. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you literally just sort of went, well, I don't need to brace. It's fine, and you just landed. I and think I your think brain would be like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, 
Yeah. The fuck the was that? And that'd take you out of something. it. With the continuous motion, I definitely find myself mainly on things like Pavlov and Boneworks, where I find myself moving around a lot faster. For uh, Alex, they do restrict your speed, and in fairness, Valve was trying to be very accessible in how they did that. But on Boneworks and Pavlov, you move quite quickly with your continuous movement, and I find myself stepping and basically getting in the position as if I was standing on a skateboard, <laughs> and it seems to trick my head into not being as woozy about it. Like I'm not, I'm grand with motion sickness now. Like I can completely play through games for hours and hours, and I'm used to it. But the early days, it was like, okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I'm on some kind of hoverboard <laughs> so that it doesn't think I'm supposed to be running. <laughs> That's not a bad shape because actually I find the the movement speed of Pavlov is I think it's too quick. I think they need to lower that down yeah. because I I even playing offline um, in the killing floor arena or whatever it is where you basically uh, it's like a training target training simulator thing. Um, oh yeah. Even just going around that, which is maybe like a four minute like experience, like two and a half minutes, maybe one minute if you're quick at it uh, or a good shot. That small circuit that you do is like after I come out of that, I I, fe- I start feeling a bit nauseous because you're spinning around continuously, you're moving really quick, and you're trying to do it as quickly as possible. So I think I find a lot of the nausea for me is when I turn my head in real life and move uh, to the right or left, like if I pan, and if I'm doing that yeah. at the same time as moving my head oh my God, that hits me so much because I'm moving my head, but not enough. And my brain goes, what the fuck are you doing? It, it's almost like being on a boat where you, you sort of like, you're tipping from side to side. It's a bizarre, bizarre experience, but enjoyable at the same time. If we're going to touch on Alex um, in its own right, I'd say, like, for if we're talking about how we spent our quarantine and our isolation, I spent the lead up to the 23rd of March pretty much just playing through the orange box again. And um, I revisited Black Mesa, the fan mod remake of Half-Life 1, which is superb. And if you're a fan of Half-Life 1, or even if you want to check out Half-Life 1 in a more updated engine, it's definitely worth checking out Black Mesa. And that was all to sort of familiarize myself with the storyline again ahead of Half-Life Alex being released. Do you still get the nostalgia from Black Mesa? Yeah, I do. Like they have done it really well. Like the the attention to detail and and how they've adapted it to use a lot of the sort of Half Life Two physics puzzles and things like that was just done perfectly. They they're a credit to themselves. Yeah, and I guess the the actual storyline is still completely untouched, really. So all of that nostalgia yeah, is going to be there. True to it. And um, they did uh, the big thing that happened was uh, when they first released it which is when I had first played it years ago, they didn't have the Zen scenario at the end of Half-Life 1, which is a spoiler alert for any of you who haven't played it two decades ago, <laughs> uh, or whenever the hell that first game out. That basically, when Gordon Freeman traverses across uh, <laughs> into the alien world of Zen, in Half-Life 1, it was a very clunky, like, yeah, you know, just still, early still the PlayStation environment. weakest section of the game. After like the first two thirds of it are all this like massive sci-fi accident thing coupled with a big government cover-up that's trying to happen as well with, you know, Heku and then in like opposing forces and everything, you've got like the fucking ninjas, Sam Fisher being sent in after everybody as well. Like, <laughs> and you go, you go from that 
to then just, okay, now here's alien platform section Peeps. that's slightly too long and sort of changes the pace and it's a bit bit shit. Oh, and then the massive baby bullet sponge boss. So, um... Oh, God. I, which yeah. was... Uh, uh, well, yeah, they, they definitely did that a lot better with Black Mesa. I find the boss fight was more engaging. The environments were done a lot better. It, the, the area on the external of Zen when you first get in is stunning. And it was that sort of thing. I think I had said in the chat about it. Like, if you think about what the textures and some of the sprites and yep. all were like in the original game, the way they have updated it to their own art style is just perfect. Mm. Like, I feel like I know exactly what the development team were imagining with Half-Life 1 finally being delivered with better technology. Mm. Well, that's good. I, I remember a uh, fun fact with uh, Half-Life 1 was that when you, back in the day, when you had the disc, you put the disc in, and uh, it prompted you to update it or uh, install it via Steam. And when I mm. got Half-Life 1, I was like, why the fuck do I need to install Steam? You know, I'm just installing it onto my hard drive. That's fine. So if you do that, allegedly the, the baby is pretty much impossible to beat because I think there's a glitch without the patch. So they basically <laughs> did like a day one patch back like 20 fucking years ago through Steam. <laughs> Um, but I remember playing it and being like, this, this is so fucking difficult. Why? I can't, I can't beat the end. And I don't, I, d I did, I did finish it eventually, but I think I had to install it onto Steam to do it. And, and, yeah. and Half-Life 1, Counter-Strike Counter 1.6 and Team Fortress, they were like the first games that prompted me to install Steam, which are pretty much the only games that were on Steam at the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a standard you. trick from Valve. Yeah, <laughs> it's very much like because um, you got the Valve Index. Yes, and that was very much in anticipation <sighs> of what was coming on the twenty third. Yes, I, yeah, I ordered mine within about fifteen twenty minutes of Gary ordering his. Gary got his yeah. within days, like literally, it was it was on his doorstep. Mine's still eight weeks away. <laughs> If not more, it, what, it was originally current situation. It was, it was originally supposed to be four weeks away, which would have been all right for that sort of mid isolation fun time. But no, been delayed yeah. by a month. This, this was all pre isolation when we uh, we met up at the yeah. in London. Yeah, back when, when we, we could meet up. Game of bowling. Well, you say all of us. <laughs> yeah, back Brendan, when Brendan didn't join us, <laughs> unfortunately. Next time, I, yeah. I live in a different country. Yeah, we, we will yeah. get you there. At some Sadly. Point. Oh, definitely, yeah. We, that'll be that'll be a great time. But yeah, we uh, we were sitting in the pub when Gary got his email through saying that it was going to be delivered. <laughs> that was nice. And we we all got a little all got a little bit excited, and it was it was quite a nice time to be happy for Gary. But then now me and Rob are quite salty. Yeah. <laughs> At least you know if looting starts and everything, Geordie, you, you know where he lives. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm gonna set up some Home Alone style traps. You know. <laughs> and then like Charlie and Always Sunny stumble into each and every single one of them yourself oh yeah exactly <laughs> and uh you can just sort of like comfort yourselves with the same argument that a lot of po like a lot of people did with Red Dead 2 where it's just like yeah the people that got it first are just damn testing it for yep. us and uh, we'll get the better improved version well that's it isn't that's it true. Um, I, I was very lucky to receive my index so quickly I, I was one of the first people to um, to put the index in my basket on Steam because as soon as it hit five o'clock uh, GMT, 
I was like, order, get the additional face gaskets just in case like any of my mates come around and they want to play it and their sweaty motherfucking faces get all over my rather expensive <laughs> headset. So for the sake of 35 quid, um, I was like, nope, again, a spare set so that you cunts can get it as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I put that in the basket and for 25 minutes, it was the longest 25 minutes of my uh, life trying to order this goddamn headset because it, it, the, the steam went down more or less. It was still up, but like the order w- wasn't processing. It, every time I tried to fill in my account details, it said, oh, we don't recognize that. And I was like, going on, looked on Twitter, everyone was having the same issue. And then I think loads of people thought that by removing it from their basket, and then re-adding it to their basket would mean would that they'd work. be able to yeah. overwrite it. But ultimately, what they did, from what I can gather, is lose their place in the queue. So even if I wasn't one of the first, I was being bumped up the queue because people were being taken out or people behind me were being bumped up the queue because they were taken out. So I'd left mine in. And even though people were getting orders through within the first 25 minutes before I could, I was one of the first of one in one of the, the first batch because I just left it and was just constantly refreshing it. Like, come on, <laughs> I don't want to lose out. It's in my basket. It says that I have a day to finish it, but I just don't want to, don't want to risk it. So luckily, luckily managed to get it. And it arrived, like Rob said, within like a week, it was crazy. But, uh, so Rob, what have, what have me and you been doing when we're not playing VR headset games like these two bastards? Crying and wanking. <laughs> well, we've been doing that that's, with our VR headsets as well. You know, there's a lot of games where you yeah, can cry and wank over. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen your Steam library now, Gary. It's, oh, it's yeah. been some interesting additions. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gone from um, somewhat normal nerd shit to full hundred percent weeb. <laughs> oh, but, but Rob, you picked up uh, Doom Eternal. Yes, I did. Um, which I am really enjoying. The combat's obviously as fast-paced and frenetic as the last one but with just a lot more to it which i'm loving but yeah still it seems to have like some really weird pacing issues i found like the start of it it throws you just straight in sort of thing as a like doom 2016 had that really cool slow build up you know you get a gun it does your brief tutorial thing as you're going through it you're getting a bit of exposition from samuel hayden over the comms or whatever then you punch a monitor out, cock your shotgun, Doom logo, metal, and you're pumped up for it. Whereas every, it just sort of like, there you go, you go do things now in this one. I guess it's because it's probably more of a more of a sequel, sort of a continuation, really, yeah, is, is but it not? Every time you're introduced to a new enemy, or if you've played Doom 2016, enemies you've already faced, it takes you out of combat and gameplay and does like a weird little tutorial about how to like kill or disable like weapons and things or certain things yeah. on certain enemies. And it pulls you out and does like a little tutorial on that before you even see it. So you're like, Oh, okay. And then, um, every time you get new equipment as well, you got to do a little tutorial with the equipment and you can't just get on with it. Like it, it feels like it's sort of suffered by again, as we've complained about before, focus groups and you know initial testers and things yeah you know where people have gone oh well i don't know how to do this how how do i I do this yeah no okay well maybe it's because it's trying to open 
the the Doom franchise up to a, a new audience that never played the originals and never played like the the latest. Yeah, but at the same, th- there is a remake. lot of fan service in for people that have obviously played the last one, but also the original, like. Doom 95, Doom 2, Doom 64, fucking everything like that. Because there's a lot of nods to it and things. And I've, I've already seen, like, on your on your ship, there's, like, different armor sets and things that you can get and equip instead of the usual, like, Doom 2016 press suit. Um, tucked away at the back, there is the classic Doom 95 um, armor. You know... The nice. old green, the helmet, the exposed midriff for some goddamn reason. polygons? <laughs> no, it's not. It's like updated to like current graphics, but it's very much that old like art style style. So yeah. it's the uh, it's the, the Doom Armor crop top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um without having played the new release of Doom, uh, Doom Eternal, but previously played Doom 2016. Um, to me, it sounds like, like, like we're saying, it is d- sounds like designed by committee, but it also sounds like um, the, the, the actual... So if, we're, if, if they're opening it up to new players, I completely respect that because, you know, not everyone has played all the previous Dooms and they've got to get more people playing it so they get more money. I get that. But do you think that having played it, Rob, do you think that it would be better than rather than to pull them out of the situation into a tutorial scenario, they take the, the, the level design and the, the how, however it was could have benefited more from having like a little safe area uh, within the game. So like when you're playing the game, you see something happen and you go, oh, okay, I'm going to put two and two together. But that's how you that enemy kind of like how a lot of the previous like retro games used to do it and uh even for for example half-life alex and the half-life games they, they put a situation like the barnacle you see the barnacle on the ceiling but you see someone walk into it yeah. and you go well, oh no, okay. you, see, you see that little crow don't you You're like it the crow is where you're looking as you crawl through a little gap. So that immediately yeah. catches your eye as it takes off. You follow it and it flies straight into the barnacle tongue and you're immediately like, right, don't walk into those because otherwise exactly. you get... Yeah. It's, it's like... It's like the uh, the environmental sort of like tutorial or sort of the the other option, which is like the man in the chair that you get a guy in your ear who's always who sort of goes to you, oh, so-and-so, try and sh- like... Shoot them in the gas canisters or something mm. like for yeah because you something. you've got like an AI companion thing that's like you know pointing out things for you like story wise as things go on yeah so I don't see why they couldn't have just done like a little line of dialogue even just for that like ah oh, this will be you know oh you've equipped the frame flamethrower use that on enemies and they drop armor like mm. rather than yeah. right take you out here's a little loading area and it go it spawns three enemies that don't attack you in front of you and it goes. Right. The flamethrower gives you armor if you use it on enemies. Now use it on enemies and get 50 armor. So you have ah, flamethrower to three enemies and it drops about 48 armor if you torch all three of them. So you have to do another burst once it regenerates as well. And you're like, oh, just get on with it. So it doesn't sound very it, no, nice It's not intuitive and it, uh, it keeps that, dragging that also, me out, which is why I can't it, really bring myself to play 
much of it at a time because like I, I hit too much of that and I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it. That that also sounds like the complete opposite of what you want Doom to be. Doom is a fast-paced, yeah. high-octane game. If you're pulled out into a tutorial section every single time, that sounds like bad game design. I'm I'm, so, I'm just going to yeah, say it. Yeah. That just sounds yeah. really badly done. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not too fond of that, but by all means, the combat is still just ah oh, amazing. Like if I mean you've played Doom, like you know what it's like. Yeah, it's just it's Do- more of that. Yeah. Although they have removed the pistol, which used to have infinite ammo, so even if you ran out of everything else and you were waiting for your chainsaw to recharge, you still had some means of actually doing damage. Oh, and the punch used to be good, whereas now the punch, the punch is no longer good. The punch is shit now. Like. I I, I, so I was fun. out of ammo and I was like right okay I can't, I'm waiting for a chainsaw thing to fit. and there was a couple of like little regular zombie enemies and I walked up behind them and nothing nothing oh Wait, fuck uh, me chainsaw uh, it, 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 is that you playing the game or is that you uh, doing your other activity <laughs> <laughs> that was me playing the game Gary but yeah like they've they've nursed the punch unless you, uh, if you do two glory kills you get like a super punch that does like a kills most small mobs in one sort of thing does like a heavy wave of damage sort of thing, which is good, but the base punch is shit and absolutely pointless, and there's no pistol. Is that, is that their idea of balancing that? I don't know. I don't know what their idea was, because like, there, there are situations when you end up like being completely overwhelmed by large enemies, you're running out of ammo, you see like one mob, but you've got no actual chainsaw ammo left. It slowly regenerates. Like I think you should always have one charge on it, sort of thing. Like a quick cooldown, sort of thing, so you can't just free through everything. But you know, it's always there if you really need the ammo. But that takes a while to cool down. The punch does nothing, and you don't have that like weak weapon that's there to fall back that still does a little bit of damage, so you can still keep shooting if you need to. So. I don't really know what their plan was there, but none of that sort of seems to work, especially with like the ammo limitations and stuff in the game were quite low at the start. Like you have to really well, upgrade those to actually have like a decent amount of ammo. What, what I don't understand is um, they had a winning formula before. Why did they feel the need to change that? Because the punches for me were the most fun part. And I would go around and, like all the small enemies would just literally be a punch because that was the easiest way to take them down. Yeah, or you'd punch them once and it'd be ready for a glory kill sort of thing. Exactly, and that was fun. So I don't know why they would have amended that. I don't know Again, I haven't played it, so I I, I can't... Yeah, as as you said, bad game design. Or designed by committee. Yeah. Focus groups. We were going to raise that, yeah, because we were talking about the whole playtester thing with um, Half-Life as well. Where, and Portal. Yeah, they, they were having issues with um, the the original game, and it's normally like, you'll get this stuff of interviews with devs where they'll go like, we had this great Portal puzzle set out that was fantastic, but playtesters kept complaining it was too difficult, so we just pulled it. And it's this sort of thing, when, you're, when you really love a game, it's like, God, so I'll never get to try that, because some guy took too long to figure that out and complained about it. And it is that sort of peril of is Doom being updated now? Like, there's a balance here with them talking about they are. I think they are trying to make it more accessible. I think they are trying to widen their market. If you think about the amount of marketing that was done for Doom Eternal, mm. it was massive. They wanted a huge amount of hype built there, and I'm wondering whether 
just through their, as you said, game by committee, that committee just went, well, if we're going to get loads of people in to try it for the first time, just make sure to stick a tutorial in every 10 minutes and then it'll all be good and everyone will love it and they'll all get into well, yeah. it. And they didn't bother thinking about how that might Yeah, play. another thing that I've noticed that what, like annoyed me a bit was, you know, like during one of the initial reveal trailers thing things for it, like they were going through like war-torn, like, now quite hellish cityscape sort of thing and you had the was it the arc um not the arc the uac hologram thing pops up and refers to the demons as mortally challenged as like this sort of wanky <laughs> hre corporate speak sort of thing which like yeah. as a one-off joke was quite funny because it's again like the corporation responsible for <laughs> like earth being completely fucked over trying to sort of adopt like social justice sort of speech to refer to the demons and things to sort of lessen the threat in their own regard. And like as a one-off gag, that was quite funny, but everybody in the game refers to them as the mortally challenged. And it just feels like, Uh. okay, somebody, somebody's dad wrote this joke and thought it was the funniest fucking thing he's ever said. Like everybody in this game is, you know, a bit soft apart from you the doom guy sort of thing and you're like yeah, that was kind of unnecessary <laughs> trying to force their own yeah game. so this is um <laughs> it was also was it published by uh Thursday? Bethesda was yeah. it, was it actually who released it with uh, Denuvo and Denuvo didn't work on it yeah. so yep. uh this is purely an assumption here however given Bethesda publishers recent uh we say interesting ventures and uh, monetary situation. Uh, given one of their latest games that they released, I wonder if they're opening Doom up to a wider audience to recuperate losses they may have made. Hmm. Yeah. And it may have suffered game-wise because of a previous of. game. It is an assumption. That, yeah. I don't know if it's a fair assumption. I mean, we don't really know, do we? I, th- I think it would be fair to say it may not be a primary motivator, but like the simple fact of the matter is someone at some point raised that issue. Like That would have had to have been in their minds. Their business, yeah. like their entire purpose is as a publisher. Well, that's the thing. Like, like Publishers do need to balance like what is acceptable for the majority of people compared to mon- money, like income. Like How can they survive as a business? And this is the same with all businesses, right? Like we're all in the same situation where, especially now, uh, how do we keep a business afloat in a trying time? Uh, yeah. Frank Reynolds would probably suggest an egg. <laughs> <laughs> or, or probably just slave labor, actually, Frank. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, the sweatshop yeah. thing. It was that when we were talking about it earlier, the big one we were going to bring up. And this ties into, um, I was watching Gary as he was playing through the start of Half-Life, Alex. He was in my bedroom just watching We'll try not to... (laughs) Yeah, that's it, just through the window. (laughs) (laughs) But um, at one point, he did raise this question about, you know, um, oh, am I getting my crowbar? When am I getting my crowbar? And the interesting playtester element to this, and this isn't so much of a spoiler, like it's pretty apparent from the offset, this isn't plot-related or anything. It's Half-Life, Alex. Alex Vance is not the crowbar is not Alex Vance's weapon. Yep. You know, it's Gordon Freeman's thing. So you're not running through that storyline, bloody hitting everything with crowbars. And um, part of the element on that actually was um, Valve originally had a crowbar in Half-Life Alex, 
they had a crowbar that you could run around hitting things with, and it got pulled for two reasons. Because A, playtesters kept thinking they were Gordon Freeman because they had a crowbar, <laughs> despite the fact that throughout the Half-Life Alex game, go, Hi, Alex. you are repeatedly called Alex. Yeah. <laughs> People thought they were Gordon Freeman. And secondly, um, playtesters couldn't figure out how to stop it getting caught on things because <laughs> oh. it's a physics object. Okay, yeah. So they were oh. catching on doors, on railings, on roofs, just everything. So the devs literally just reached a point where they're like, yeah, we're just cutting that from the entire no, game. And in fairness, it's one of those things where it's like, it's people being stupid, but I think it was a good yeah, call. Yeah. I think it's good to keep the crowbars, Gordon Freeman's thing. It would have felt forced if you tried to just shove it on Alex. It's like, oh, this is it. The whole game's about a crowbar. Um, you can keep it to that iconic sort of character association and Alex benefits from like, I think they did to make up for it. And like one of my gripes was they drop melee. There's not much melee interaction at all. You can use objects like heavy objects to deflect head crabs and things like that. But when it comes to the combat, it is through your guns that you can upgrade using combine resin. And like that's shown in the gameplay trailers. And I think they did that really well. It was really fun. I quite enjoyed using the different weapons. Do you not think they could have added something like potentially like a hammer or another or sort of wrench. tool that isn't a crowbar? Well, yeah, pipe, like, pipe they wrench. do have a pipe yeah, wrench. Like, actually, I do yeah, wish oh, do they? they had. Because I was going to say a pipe wrench would actually work quite well as a physics item for like certain things where you've got to like open something and you've got to, with your hands, you know, crank. There is a part in the game where there is a pipe wrench and I was like, I want to keep this, but it's not a weapon. And as Brendan said, it's, it, it's a, it wouldn't be an effective heavy physics object to do anything. Like you're, you, you wouldn't yeah. be able to deflect anything with it. And I, I understand, like now, now that Brennan said about Valve pulling the crowbar because it kept getting stuck in things, I get that. That happened to me. Uh, I trapped a wheel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, tra I trapped a very essential wheel in a door. And it, it took me about five minutes to pull it free. So. It was funny as fuck and typical, <laughs> typical that I would do that and break the game. But yeah, if, if, if one of your main weapons kept getting stuck in doors, yeah, pull that. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's, um, they, they just need to revisit that and really dwell on it because, um, like that wheel thing was sort of like sheer unluckiness on your part. Basically, there was, there was a door with one of those, you know, like a tall, narrow bit of glass in it, you know, like a classroom door. And, um, Gary had this basically like a valve with a handle on it that so you can turn the valve using one hand and um he managed to get it through the window <laughs> and then turn it so it was horizontal oh, rather God. than fitting through and it just locked good and tight into the door. Yeah. And no matter <laughs> how much Pete Gary. Yeah, I, I um it is on my VOD on my YouTube channel. Um I will be making a highlights reel. So that you don't have to sift through the whole lot. Highlights so, or lowlights? <laughs> uh, it will be lowlights for sure. Um, I, I mean, I already got one highlight up on my uh, social uh, platforms for the uh, the, the uh, zucchini or the courgette. Oh in, yeah, yeah, uh, right. oh, it's yeah, so funny. Yeah, so check that out if you haven't. Uh, if, it's not a spoiler. Yeah. I won't be posting any spoilers, but. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that. good. So I can actually watch some of this then because I, I was like, ah! yeah, like after I, I left when you streamed it, I didn't watch for like the first 10, 15 minutes, then came in, watched for about five and then dropped out. So I didn't see anything that did spoil it for me because I want it to be still a very 
fresh experience for yeah. me when I finally get my hands on an index. Yes. It's a fair approach. So with the highlights, d- depending on what happens in the next half of the game, I assume I still have left because I've only got about halfway, maybe two thirds of the way. Um, unless something really funny happens with the plot, I, I don't anticipate that I'm going to be doing anything spoilery. It'll just be silly things that have happened to me in Alex. And that's kind of what I want to do. I, I don't want to do like the, the VODs are there if you want to watch them and spoil the story for you. If you're not planning on getting a headset, then by all means, watch those. Um, you can watch Brendan as well. He's, uh, I think he's got one on Twitch as well, right? Yeah, but I, I kind of stopped doing it because I wanted to kind of keep it to myself almost. I wanted to finish it just on my own terms. Yeah, that's what I've tried to, tried to be doing as well. I have been streaming it and I will continue live streaming it. And I try not to look at the chat uh, too much, especially when there's a puzzle. Because when there's a puzzle, I want to figure it out yeah. myself. Uh, and then, you know, there were there, a couple of times I, I did have help because I was stood there for like five minutes just looking <laughs> like a fucking lemon. Um, and I, I, I can because I haven't played Half Life 2 or any of the Half Life games for about 10 years now. So I forgot the key things that you have to do in Half Life 2. There's so many like key indicators in that that you're like, okay, yes, this is a Half Life game. And I forgot that it's a Half-Life game when I'm playing it. And you're like, okay, right. I've got to think about this in a Half-Life way, not in a, like, this is for people who've played Half-Life before, not for people who've never played it. I feel like um, the, the video side, or like the streaming side of this does tie in to what we were talking about there with the melee as well, where like when you're doing your highlights and Valve has taken advantage of this, there is like certain interactions that don't need to be plot related that turn into quite marketable little videos. Mm. And Valve capitalized on that with them. Um, like the day before release, they dropped a guide on how to stream, the best settings to use, how to use their stream-friendly settings and things like that. And with it was this great gif of Headcrab leaping towards the player who is holding up a desk chair, like a computer chair, and they catch the Headcrab and just twist the chair to the left and toss the Headcrab through a window <laughs> away from them, you know, out of the threat range. And like... That's this is sort of the element of where their melee problem is because um, on Boneworks you had a lot of options for if there was an object that you could pick up you could hit an enemy with it and you know like it might not do any damage but you're able to hit them grab their heads and interact with them and really put a bit of damage into them and the fact that that's not there limits your ability to use things like the desk chairs you can use to divert enemies but you can't hurt them like if that head crab was on the ground. Valve weren't going to get a video of them, you know, giving it a good <laughs> thorough thumping with the mm. chair or anything like that. All you can do is really deflect. And I think that is, th- they should work on that for a future one, just because when it comes to things like Boneworks setting down precedent for future VR experiences, being able to use anything like as a weapon, it's immersive. Yeah. Like if, if, if you yeah, look like to your right and you, you see a brick Half-Life on the floor, 2. you want to be able to grab that as a last resort sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You could do that on Boneworks all the time. And like, when you think about Half-Life 2 and even Alex, when you start Alex, you're surrounded by items. There's all these little things you can pick up and look at, but you can't interact with them. And I think that is something they need to work on because that's where you put that level of immersion and interactivity in and it will pay forward. It's like not only will your game be good and enjoyable, but you'll get lots of little funny immersive moments and little like emergent gameplay moments that people can then share and market your game. And you can stick up more gifts of you 
instead of diverting headcrabs with bloody chairs, you can spear them. I think that will come with uh, Half-Life 3. I'm sure now they will be doing a Half-Life 3. It seems silly to have built this huge Source Engine 2 engine, basically, that would not be used for anything other and than Half-Life And working on a nice solo story-driven VR project with like clearly quite the big budget behind it sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like Alex was the shot across the bow. Um, Alex was Valve coming out after 13 years and saying, lads, it's happening. Yeah, it's, it's the Lost Coast for Half-Life 3, essentially. Yes, exactly yeah. that. And we have been talking a lot about Alex. So one last thing before we move off from that. Um, I, I saw online that uh, a Valve uh, spokesperson or employee has said that, and a lot of people have mentioned it, that there will be people trying to mod. Half oh, it's, al- it's, al- it's already been modded to run on a monitor. <laughs> okay, so I can't imagine Half-Life Alex being played in a non-VR setting. And if you are playing it, if you do choose to play it in without VR, fair enough, that's up to you. But don't judge the game because, because it doesn't play very well Without VR, it's built for VR. It's built from the ground up with VR. So when you find that it, it's a, like it, possibly a short story compared to other, other games, it, the lack of interaction isn't working for you because you can't do certain things because it's based off a fucking VR controller. Don't pin that blame on, on the game. Yeah. On the game. Pin that on the fact that you are unable to play it on a VR headset. It is a game for a VR headset, fundamentally. Yeah, but we discussed this the other night. It is very much a thing of, um, from my own experience with it, and I have now, I finished the game, I have played it through, and I have replayed a couple of the missions just because I really enjoyed them. And um, it's something that I'll defend Valve's decision to make it VR. VR was perfect for it, and I see what they're doing, and I like what they're doing, and I can't fucking wait to see where they go with this because it's going to be huge. But... If you if you want to download that mod, and I've seen the mod and I've watched the videos of it at play, like it basically it, it works. Like you'll get through the the entire game, and it'll be a bit clunky at times, and you won't get the same experience. But I appreciate the fact that VR headsets are bloody they're hard to get, and they're very bloody expensive, yeah. and you need a decent rig to play yeah. them. And if you don't have the money for it, and you just want to fucking follow along the Half Life franchise like the rest of us, do it. Fucking do it. Come along with us and enjoy that story. Yes, but if you do do that. Don't blame it for being janky. Just un- understand yeah. <laughs> that it was built for VR because I agree with Brendan. VR headsets are fucking expensive. You d- and also, while we're on the topic, you do not need an index. I have an index. I love it. But if you have £500 extra from the original £500 headset, so like, just say you, you have 500 quid, just get, get an Oculus. It's, they're perfect. You don't, I, I've played oh, on yeah. an Oculus. I've played on an index. I've played on a Vive. The index is outright better than the Vive um, and it's cheaper but the Oculus is just as good as the Index apart from and like it, a couple and of- the Oculus does not have HTC's abysmal fucking customer support so <laughs> also I can endorse that um, well Gary can probably endorse this for the um, Index from what I've watched on a stream but the uh, controllers that the Oculus Rift have are made out of some sort of 
I don't know, condensed dark matter. <laughs> I feel like someone could come into my apartment and fire a high-velocity rifle at me and I could deflect the bullets with those controllers. I don't know what they made them out of. They're fantastic. Mm. The build quality of the Oculus and the build quality... I, I mean, the build quality of the Vive is good. But I mean, the Index, you're paying £500 for the extra build quality, a couple of extra features, but it is... as And, and you, you have to take my word for it. It, it, it is a headset for people who are really really into it and have the money it is not necessary at all like i i was happy playing the very first oculus and i was very happy playing the vive pro i was happy playing any any headset they're all good you know they all have pros and cons but it all depends on how much money you have basically yeah i have none (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you will you will We, uh, when, um, when we all have a, a VR headset, when all of us can afford one and do have one, we will go into VR in a little bit more detail. We have spoken a lot about Alex, um, probably too long about Alex, but ah. we, yeah. <laughs> I've barely spoken about it at all. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, there is. There probably is a lot more to talk about on the. On yeah, the but we would but also we'll like to discuss it with you. <laughs> Yeah, when yes. everyone's um, yeah, when when Rob finally gets a headset and Jordan finally gets a headset, I think it will probably just be a couple more weeks after that that Gary will finally finish the game, yeah. and then we can talk about the ending. I'm not going too slow. I was, I was about to say like when I've watched I watched uh, Gary stream like the first little like three hours of his of his stint, and uh, by the time he's like done three hours of the game, I'm pretty sure you completed it, Brendan. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Uh, Brendan's definitely uh, sorry. Gary's definitely trying to get his uh, his pound pose is a extra investment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I am. I I am taking it slower because I like to experience games like that. And you know, I did spend quite a bit of money on the index. So I and this is the best game out there so far. That so I kind (laughs) of want to just experience everything. You know, I I I admit I I do play it slow, but how I play it. And hey ho, you get some decent content for YouTube for it as Actually. well. <laughs> Questionable content. <laughs> yeah, just take care of Ryan Doors. Yeah. So what other what other news and bits and pieces uh, have come up since last I've, time? I've got a bit. The uh, Crytek versus CIG suit has the details of the agreement that they've come to out of court. The settlement has finally been released. Oh, yeah. In it's- short, it's a dismissal with prejudice. And each party is to bear its own respective attorney's fees and costs. So it does oh. sound like, as, as this was settled out of court, so it does sound like Crytek's yeah. eating their own legal fees as a way and handing over any right to ever sue CIG ever again, just because I don't think if it had gone through a judge that that would have gone well for them, as they don't have a lot of money as it yeah. is. And... It was an entirely baseless case. I mean, originally it was, um, they wanted to sue them for switching to Lumberyard as, in their yeah. words, ha- having, uh, <laughs> having, uh, giving CIG an exclusive license to use CryEngine, they tried to interpret that in court as CIG had to exclusively use CryEngine. Yeah. Then in their, another one of their arguments was, Okay, well, you didn't say you were going to make two separate games with the engine, despite the fact that in their license agreement that was then shown in court to back this up, it said 
present it, you know, CryEngine for Star Cit- Squadron 42 and its companion game, Star Citizen. So it was two separate games already in there. Then they complained that CryEngine's logo was, Crytek and CryEngine's logos were removed from the splash screen, like when it starts loading. And they were like, well, we're not using CryEngine anymore. We're using Lumberyard. And they kept trying to drum out like little, okay, but what if over literally two years this has taken? Two years. And it was just constant little, well, actually, from Cryotech, as they tried <laughs> like a little different approach to things. And then like immediately Ortwin, who's CIG's lawyer, just going, uh, listen here, you little shit. And slapping them down. <laughs> and yeah, two years. And then they finally just agreed to pay their own fees. And that's it. And what? never charge it again. Which what is good for me and you, Gary, because it means Cry- Crytech can actually still fund Hunt. <laughs> but- yes, I, w- I was going to say, like, I'm glad Crytek haven't gone under because Hunt is made by Crytek, and I would very much like that to have continued support, please and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, bad in the sense that that's taken two years. A lot of stuff that was tied up in the actual court proceedings and things a lot there was a lot of things about hey you can't show off like you guys working on bug fixes and stuff because that shows what's wrong with our code and you're like oh so like i feel like um there's a larger element here with like if you think about all the stuff that crytek has going on in the backgrounds there's not much and i do wonder whether a large motivation behind this suit was them finding some to way get to get some money? Revenue. Yeah, that was pretty much yeah. it because they yeah, haven't paid like, their staff exclusive in. rights. Yeah. Like they gave exclusive rights to that engine, so no one else could touch it. And CIG were just like, "This is a bit shit, lads. We're moving on to Lumberyard." Yep. <laughs> I mean, the fact that like I think it was about three months ago, um, they then tried to say that, "Oh no, okay, well, we we own that branch of CryEngine anyway." That runs on Lumberyard, so really you're still breaking your license with us by using CryEngine. And I was like, that's a really fucking stupid move, because you essentially sold the entire 4.0 branch of CryEngine to Amazon for Lumberyard, and you're then essentially saying, okay, but you don't own it. Because Amazon are able to separately license that out themselves, because they own it. It's their engine now. It's Lumberyard. It's not CryEngine. But yeah. Crytek tried to make the argument that, no, we still own that exclusively. It's ours. You can't license it. Which would have been really fucking bad if Amazon had been brought in. Because like, mm. oh they would, Crytek be would have been gone destroyed. now. Crytek would be yeah. gone now. Like, but yeah, altogether, completely foolhardy. Wasted two years. Wasted a million dollars of CIG's funding that was on retainer for lawyers in exactly this sort of situation. But also meant things like bug smashes, like some of the behind the scenes stuff that CRG have been really good for, like as far as open development goes, it sort of had to be pulled or there was less to show for it sort of thing because it was all involved in certain cases and stuff. And yeah, like the project has sort of suffered for it on that regard, I think. Like, but hey ho. I mean, we've still That's got over. another, like, 10 years worth of development. God knows how many years Citizen. until it's all over, yeah. Because yeah. it's, when you, when you think about it, like, I know it's called the Alpha, like, what's out at the moment, but when you think about it, Alpha is uh, feature complete, usually, mm. and uh, this is far from feature complete. You this know. is pre-Alpha, True. I would say. Yeah, it, it pretty much is a pre-Alpha game, just with a lot more spit and polish. But hey, at least they're making a game. Maybe you should try that out, Crytek. Yeah. Stay out of court. 
get back to the computer. Well, yeah. to to be fair, yeah. they 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 did make Hunt a game. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they made they a have game. made a game over the past five years. Hunt is fucking amazing. I it genuinely love phenomenal. it. But how old is uh, it? Like a, it's a about, year, two years almost. Well, it's I think it's, it's a year old. about half a year from when it was published, but it as of recording. Maybe oh, yeah, it's about, it about a year old, isn't it? On it release, out, but it, was it March been or was it May that it came out? Something like that. So it might be about a year. But we we were we Rob and I played it in beta, open beta, and if not open alpha, I can't remember. But yeah, we've been playing it for like was, two um, years. I think it was like a closed alpha. We got keys for it, and then they did like a. Right. They they said it would be then open on early access when it hits beta on Steam, and me and Gary just. Paid for it immediately because, like, the time we spent on it in the in the closed alpha was fucking brilliant. Like, it is just a really good game. It's a hardcore game, and I hope that it continues being a hardcore game because that's what makes it fun. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you guys, you you two, would actually quite enjoy it. I think Jordy would enjoy it more for the teamwork. Brandon would enjoy it more for hitting people to death with large hammers, but then dying quite quickly and probably uninstalling. Yeah. And then reinstalling I, a, again because he really a, wants to play it. Yeah. Just as long as the gameplay doesn't involve collecting beans for eight hours and getting sniped <laughs> by <laughs> a guy two miles no, away. It's like a more, it's a more condensed there we version. Go. Then we don't need to compare it to goddamn Broken Daisy. <laughs> Which admitted Let's not go back well, there. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, because of the, the pandemic and the issues with COVID-19 affecting the country and the the world. Uh, this weekend we were supposed to be all meeting at, at EGX, and, uh, yeah. at EGX, but that was uh, unfortunately postponed, as well as E three, MCM, and a shit ton of other gaming events as well. Uh, Gamescom still, which is a bit an- as a bit of annoying. recording, Gamescom is still yeah, going ahead. Late, that is that is later half of the year though, isn't it? It is. Like, there's been yeah, no word it, on uh, Gamescom or CitizenCon, which is yeah. usually good fun oh, as well. Oh, they'll pull those closer. Yeah. The, yeah. If, if this it, hasn't it, blown over by then, those two will be pulled. Yeah, which is a shame. Um, we uh, Actually, it's not even the weekend of, of EGX. It is today. We were actually going to meet up yep, today yeah. and, and be, like just check out all the games. But unfortunately, uh, it's been postponed till April? I think. I reckon it won't even make it, April. It might not. Um, it has been postponed by a couple of months, but uh, we'll see. It would be nice if it goes ahead. I hope that the pandemic is over by then, but I assume it might not be. So I just hope that companies don't try and... Like, I hope they're sensible. I hope that they don't just yeah. put it on when everything's starting to get better, I hope they leave it a little bit of time so that it's definitely better because we don't want to see another resurgence. Can you imagine yeah. being stuck indoors like we are now for uh, like a couple of months and then it's better for a month and then it, we have to do the same again for another couple of months because everyone just rushes out and just forgets everything that they've learned in the past fucking half a year, <laughs> which will happen. People will do that. Like People are idiots. Oh, yeah. like, they're not following the guidelines as it is. So, pressing. I'd say the the one group of people I have seen truly flourishing within this isolation is actually um, a lot of people I know who, like, like, because we are mostly based on PC gaming, 
we've got quite large libraries of all sorts of games, but I know a fair amount of people who basically picked up a Nintendo Switch to play Breath of the Wild a few years ago, and that's about it. And the Nintendo Switch has had quite a resurgence with the new Animal Crossing dropping just in time for when everybody needs to be shut in. Oh, God. Have you seen how much they're price gouging the Switch on Amazon at the moment? No, yeah. no. God, how bad uh, is well, it? Well, they used to go for £250. And now you're looking yeah. at secondhand, £550. Oh, oh my what? God. Yes. I might, yeah, sell my, I might sell my Switch yeah. and get a VR. Ooh. I might sell mine. <laughs> I mean, you won't get the VR headset till it's all blown over. So, I mean, you've got a little bit of time. This is true. And also, I mean, do you think anyone's buying least a second money? All you've you got to do is undercut those assholes by a good hundred quid. And you can get yourself to rift out. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if I can just stick up on Gumtree and just be like, trading a, a Switch with games for VR headset. Yeah. yeah. You can actually get a decent shout of that because I'm sure there's probably a fair few people that will have... In the coming months, they'll have picked up VR headsets to try out things like Alex and like Either to, got to be quite frank, the library of VR games is limited, so they may just get sick of it and sell it back on. Yeah, it, getting a a headset at this moment uh, is an investment, and that's what I'm treating and and impossible as well because they're like yeah. out of stock. <laughs> that too. In in the current situation, yes, it's impossible, but in um. Just generally, it, it is an investment. It still is an investment. I would say that uh, Alex is the only... Alex Boneworks and potentially that Saints and Sinners Walking Dead game are potentially the only games out there currently which are sort of like a full experience. I haven't yeah. played the Walking Dead one, so I can't comment. And I haven't played that many VR games either. So just saying generally, like the kind of what you would expect from like a air quotes triple a vr title uh is limited but um i saw uh, we've got that listed for our news that the switch is benefiting from a sudden influx to their library as well which is perfect timing yes did see that we've uh they've got a few new games added onto their library of was 2k borderlands bioshock xcom uh, 2 XCOM 2. And Star yes, Wars Pod Racing. Uh, and oh, yes, yeah. the Star Wars, <laughs> st- original Star Wars Pod oh, Racing scam. Which we did discuss last episode as well. <laughs> was it the episode yeah. before? Yes. No, it was last, I think, for. Yeah. Yeah. One of the last ones, yeah. Nostalgia! Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Go check them out now on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. And if you haven't already, make I sure immediately, you I immediately made the snarky uh, comment about um, something the Switch I feel is somewhat famous for, certainly within my own mind, is that you get the benefit of playing games that you played 10 years ago, <laughs> but you get to play them on a handheld console for about 60 quid. Yeah. So now you, all, the, all those people of Nintendo Switches can now get the pleasure of playing Bioshock, which they could have played years ago, but they can now play it for a game probably full release price on a screen that's significantly smaller than the one that they had before oh, oh that's only if they got the ps well, you light can dock it yeah. and put it on your yeah. tv unless you get the switch yeah. light or whatever it is yeah uh, yeah yeah i forgot that it was a dockable thing <laughs> have you got the full one jody i've got the full one yes yeah same here very good for party games and all that not that stuff. we could do those at the moment. well when when it does all blow over and we do eventually meet up we'll, we'll, have, we'll have some party games and some goodness on the switch i'm sure that'll be a something we can do well we all reminisce about provided our, you don't sell it yeah, provided you don't sell it and uh, also while we're all 
wearing our me undies, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I really hope there is a whole stream of people who just don't really listen to any podcasts that are like, what the hell are they on about? <laughs> me undies. Why do they keep mentioning me undies? <laughs> Is, th- is this a fetish thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a sex thing. It's definitely a sex thing. Um, I think we, not that we need to, but we probably should point out, we are not sponsored by me. <laughs> we aren't sponsored by no. anyone. So if that's what you do, <laughs> please. Brendan needs money to eat. In this trying but time. Actually, Brendan's just- probably doing better out of all of us in this spot. So Rob's got to yeah. eat. I think yeah, it's me and you, mate. I think it's us, us three that are a bit You more, being in uh, events have nothing to do, and me being self-employed yeah, has nothing coming in. <laughs> so, and my work relying quite heavily upon events is sort of touch and go at the moment, but we seem to be doing all mm. right so far. Meanwhile, Brendan's pretty much going for a Working in law, and... Uh, if anyone remembers the last major financial crash, banks still need lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, guys, I think we were, we should round it up there for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you uh, if you guys are isolating, which you should be. Uh, stay the fucking indoors. Stay yes, indoors. Please stay at home. Let us know. Yeah, let us know what games you're playing. We'd really like to know. Like, yeah, let us know what games you're playing. If there's anything that we missed out on any also, of our lists that you'd recommend, if there's anything that's four-player co-op or anything that you reckon we'd enjoy playing and falling out and then you never have to hear another episode of us talking shit about games, <laughs> let us know. And also, if you haven't, go back and listen to the previous episodes and uh, enjoy some of our other content that we've uh, been doing. Rob's been releasing YouTube videos. Gary's been streaming. Brendan's been Brendan, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, and I've been streaming on Twitch every so often. So yeah, uh, yeah. Please feel free also to follow us on Twitter. That's where we get all of our updates. Uh, we will be we retweet all of our individual uh, YouTube channels and bits and pieces on there as well. Uh, if you want to have a look at those, but our uh, Twitter account is at bgc underscore podcast. Feel free to follow and send us your messages. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we'll end it there, guys. Let's so where um, see you wait, all. Before you do that, Jolly. Yeah. Um, where, where can we find you on uh, on Twitch, Jolly? Oh, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Jordy Wins. You can find me on YouTube at Rob Coxy. You can also find me on YouTube uh, at Endash, E-N-D-A-S-H, uh, not the SpongeBob one, as always. Although you can subscribe to him as well to really piss off Gary. Don't do that, I need my hundred subs! You can find me at the end of the road which has no turning. There we go, and we will see you all next Tuesday. Dab on the haters. (laughs)